0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team. They love this is another Dolphins, Dolphins podcast. podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh house.
1: And one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies, Donnie Darko, the old lady goes to look in her mailbox, and no dice, grandma, you ain't got any mail, even though you checked it for the five times today. Welcome into an emergency podcast, an emergency edition of another Dolphins podcast. We all know what day it is, and Joshua, it didn't turn out like we hoped.
2: No, it's it's a day where we got our heart broken a little bit, but I did not expect a Donnie Darko reference, so... Uh... That was amazing, dude. Did yeah. you relate to
1: that? Did it yeah, did, Absolutely. Did absolutely. Connect? Yeah.
2: Big Donnie Darko fan. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we weren't quite sure if this was gonna happen, right? We all felt pretty good about the running back room, but we were praying as that, you know, quote unquote deadline, which again, they could still make a trade after this, but the fact that they're keeping him on the pup list for the first four weeks. Um, I'm a little bummed that the Drake didn't go down, but uh obviously he's not healthy, and obviously the Colts, I don't think they ever really wanted to trade him away, did they, Jake? See,
1: here, here's the thing: I, I think he is healthy. And this is why I think we were thought this was going to happen. This is a, a chess match that is now going in, on between the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor can play the card of, oh, my groin, you know, that type of thing and, and just be injured. Um, but what's interesting here, Josh, is that the team, the Colts, it, it's crazy the parallels we can put with like the Portland Trail Blazers and the Colts in this scenario if we wanted to bring it to basketball. But what we have here, and I think this is why we both thought a Jonathan Taylor trade would be more likely than not. Not only did the Colts decide that they didn't receive a high offer for Jonathan Taylor, not only did they fake the idea that there was a second team ever in the mix, as we have now found out, but on top of all that, this is a team that is so stubborn. They are choosing to put Jonathan Taylor on ice. If he starts, if on the cutdown day, you are not activated on the pup list. You have to miss the first four games. You can be activated and then back placed on it as like a workaround. But as a result, Based on the Colts being too stubborn to trade Jonathan Taylor, he is now going to be out for four weeks. And I think, Josh, that's why we thought this was going to happen, because it seems like a no brainer. Because if you wait four weeks, you know how long that is in the NFL. There's no way in the world that those offers are still going to be on the table for Jonathan Taylor a month from now. And just the way this has developed felt so weird. You know, we usually are a little cautious about things, but how this has evolved and how the Colts have really not shot themselves in the foot, but cut that foot off. It just, it's a very, very weird situation to say, you know, we're going to be right about this no matter what
2: about even when he does come back after those first four weeks, he clearly does not want to be there. He wants to go to a team that wants to pay for him, but uh clearly that wasn't Miami at least yet. Right. I mean, he's probably going to be a free agent next year. So there's still the opportunity for them to do that. But um, I just looked on Twitter and someone said the biggest winner is Devon A chain and, um, you know, that's probably that could be true. He also gets his jersey back, right? Now that Trill Williams, he can have that number six from college days. Now that Trill Williams is gone. But between Devon A. Chain, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and Chris Brooks, right? He may He's at least as Crazy. of now in the 53, man. So I still feel pretty good about that running back unit. Again, I think someone said, you probably said it, Jonathan Taylor was more of a, you know, uh, not a necessity, but he would just be that cherry on top of this whole offense. So uh, we'll revisit this again, right, once, Hopefully. Uh, at some point, we'll get Jonathan Taylor on the Dolphins, but um, the guy that we always, you know, put hand in hand with Jonathan Taylor, no, Ig he's no longer in Miami anymore now, is he? What a crazy couple hours to be on X Twitter, and and this is
1: why we got on Twitter, right, for these instant updates, the drama. Josh, there was a solid like what forty-five minutes where. Everyone was under the impression that Noah Igbanagany was being traded for Jonathan Taylor, and as I say that out loud, man, I start to laugh because that is the funniest sounding thing in the entire world. Uh, but, but Josh, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. But it's worth noting too: instead, Igbanagany was traded to the Cowboys for. Oh man, I already I already forgot his name. He's a he's a
2: Kelvin Joseph.
1: He's on his rookie contract. I think he's under contract for two more years. He has three starts in his career, and it just kind of seems like. Um, you, you got a broken dart, and you're replacing it with a new dart.
2: Yeah, I saw somebody saying a bust for bust or mid for mid, Um, but it does sound like what Kelvin Joseph can do is a little bit of the stuff that Noeg Benogany can. I had a stat written down from Marcus Mosher, works for PFF, Cowboys fan. Uh, Kelvin Joseph throughout preseason was the third highest graded cornerback with an 83.4. He does a lot on special teams. If you go and look underneath, um, the trade, if you go look in replies on X or whatever you want to call it, you can see a lot of those cowboy fans are uh, a little bit upset because Kelvin Joseph was really good at special teams. Was starting to, I guess, get it together a little bit in the slot. So kudos to the dolphins for seeing an opportunity here. Maybe no egg you know, good luck to Noah for going, um, it's not his fault where he was drafted, but we all wish Noah Igbenogny the best of luck, and we'll all remember that interception. But now we got Kelvin Joseph, again, a guy who can do some of that special team stuff that uh, Elijah Campbell could do, which, like Omar Kelly told us before, he was kind of that stud uh, ace of special teams. Well, Elijah Campbell was out, so the Dolphins went out there and made a move. So we'll see how it works out, but two, two busts don't make a right. Right, Jake? Look at you, man, connecting dots, getting back to special teams. It's like we've been doing this for a
1: little while. It's... Very impressive. Someone's out there doing their homework. Um, sorry, we're jumping around a little bit with this one, but it, we just kind of wanted to do an emergency talk about the biggest news. We actually started this right before four o'clock in hopes we could pull off a Jonathan Taylor trade while we were recording, but that isn't the case. But so Josh, I do want to jump back on the offensive side of the football. And I think a pot in itself is who won the running back room as a result of the Jonathan Taylor trade but somebody who lost in the running back room. And it's always a little disappointing, but it makes complete sense. I won't you know, say any wrong decision was made, but Miles Gaskin was among the cuts.
2: Yeah, and after we were just talking about him, right, a day ago, we were sitting here saying how it'd be a surprise, you know, maybe they can somehow stash him on the practice squad. But this was a guy that will at least land somewhere. The first place I keep thinking of is the New England Patriots, right? He just seems like you talked about before the perfect running back for up there. But it was a little bit of a bittersweet moment, especially when you think about, you know, all that Miles Gaskins done for the Dolphins. You know, a, a late round pick came in here, busted his ass, forged a role, became a you know a presence in the passing game. Could show that he could carry the rock a little bit when asked upon. So, um, bittersweet day. But based on how Salvoch Meds looked, I think I talked about in the last pod. I'd prefer Chris Brooks over Miles Gaskin just because he's different, right? A different type of running back than what we have. So, uh, shout out to Miles Gaskin. Hopefully, he picks up somewhere. And I do think he will pick up somewhere. But it was definitely a little bit of surprise as we were sitting here waiting for at least one of the dominoes to fall.
1: And it's worth noting, too, that um, if he doesn't get picked up somewhere, there's a 100% chance he'll be on that Dolphins practice squad. It's just a matter of if another team's going to be desperate enough for a running back. I mean, I see teams like the Raiders and and Ravens are still moving on from from some older veterans, so you do wonder if they're going to be looking for those, uh, quote-unquote, safe players. I think Gaskin is is very safe. He isn't great, he isn't awesome, but he's a very safe guy to have in that backfield. Sticking with the offense, Josh, I don't want to be a super, I told you so guy, but considering that Robbie chosen didn't have any type of impact in the offense, the first two games of the preseason, it would be kind of a shock that he'd make the roster. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah, I think you kind of talked to me into that. And as much as I wanted to see the space power ranger stick on the roster between, you know, the lack of reps early on in camp where we all got that awkward press conference and then just kind of seeing him fizzle away. As the massive capologist, I am, I'm not, um, it
1: seems like an obvious great deal for the dolphins here. You do wonder what type of situation Cedric was going to find himself in if he was let go, if he'd go to a good situation. And all things considered, it looks like he's going to be making roughly 5 million dollars beyond the cat against the cap for 5 mil and to be on the cap for 5 mil in an offense where you're not going to be asked to do a whole hell of a lot and live in South Florida, man. said Wilson made out pretty nicely here uh, all things considered.
2: Yeah, and I think it voids out the last few years. So he will be a free agent next year. I think um it converted two million of that to his base salary, and then he got a bonus of three million. So only five million for Cedric Wilson. Not a bad what wide receiver four on the roster. And again, it made Robbie Chosen an expendable. And you can see why they kept Cedric Wilson around. I mean, clearly Mike McDaniel had a, a vision for what he could do in this offense before, you know, they went out there and got a, a Tyree kill and, you know, trade in the Volkswagen for a Ferrari.
1: Yeah, and, and I've never been a huge fan. There's a lot of hyperbole surrounding said Wilson where everyone calls him like a really bad receiver and all that. It's never really been the case. It's just kind of like Mike Gasicki. It's just the situation really hasn't been clean and organized. Uh, but man, this receiving core, it, it really does make sense as you kind of step back and see. I mean, River Craycraft, he was getting eight targets a game in the preseason. He really felt like someone where if you want to see how other guys can react in an NFL level offense, I feel like River Craycraft is a safe, Um, I don't know, in a sense, a point guard, just someone who can be involved in every play. You know he's going to be in the right – kind of like Miles Gaskin in a sense. Nothing's going to be amazing, but you're always very confident he's going to be in the right spot, different things like that. Moving to the offensive line, Joshua, Dan Feeney is now a member of Chicago Bears. Did you have that one on your bingo card?
2: No, not at all, and I think he was, what, on the docket for, what, $3 million or something like that. And when you looked at the roster, you know, the Dolphins cut that rookie center, the undrafted U-Korn uh, unicorn center that they brought in this season. So who do they have behind Connor Williams, right? It's just Connor Williams. And then, Maybe Liam Eikenberg. So you thought maybe they'd keep Dan Feeney around for his versatility, but they got what was it? Was it a sixth round pick or, or was it a pick. okay? Yeah, I was gonna go go fifth. I was gonna guess fifth if I was wrong on sixth, but yeah, sixth round pick for Dan Feeney he cleaned up some cap space as they did with the Cedric Wilson restructure, and I guess that was kind of between the Miles Gaskin being cut and those different moves being made. That's kind of what made me think, you know what? Maybe they really are gonna find a way to go out there and get Jonathan Taylor, or maybe we see a Christian Wilkins extension. But as of now, we haven't seen anything um, on either fronts.
1: Yeah, and that pretty much, Josh. I think Brandon Peely is still with the team, which is actually a little surprising. A boy,
2: yep, yep, still with us.
1: I'm going to be complete. I didn't think he had the greatest, greatest preseason. And I think that once the Jags ran for five yards per carry in that final game, just by running it up in the middle, that that really signified what the dolphins need to do at that position. But I, I want to stop talking about that because we'll be back tomorrow with Merrick to actually talk about that. We'll go through some of our biggest takeaways from the preseason as we get ready ready for the regular season. Um, Josh, let's give a quick shout out to Christian Wilkins. He went and met with the media today. He ended his holdout. He was out there practicing. And and dude, I think it's just worth saying in a time, in a world, I'm not going to get too dramatic with this, but where everybody needs to be right or wrong, good or bad, something like that. I think it's kind of a situation where we can just kind of accept, understand that, hey, Christian Wilkins, he's going to go out there. He's going to be a true professional. But if this is someone who wants to get paid to reset the market, if he thinks he can do that, good for him. If he does it, fantastic. If not, that light in Miami will always be on for him to come, whether it's in a Dolphins jersey or not. Let him do his thing. I'm, I'm cool. I'm happy he's not, you know, going up in arms. But at the end of the day, I would have been fine if he did what Xavier Howard did too, right? I, I'm so okay with these guys trying to get their money. He deserves it. I'm glad to see everyone's playing nice. And I think that's really important to keep in mind.
2: Yeah, it was a rare holding, right? But it sounds like he was out there today, finally taking the field. So it's nice to have Christian Wilkins back out there. We saw how ecstatic he was to be at the presser. I know he pulled Zach Sealer up on stage and said, you know, like giving him all his flowers. So um, you're right, man. It's just... A testament to who Christian Wilkins is is and why a lot of us fans kind of take a liking to him and want to see him get paid here in Miami. There were reports or rumblings, right, that uh, the Dolphins had a deal on the table that could pay him somewhere among the top five defensive tackles. I don't think anything's been confirmed on that, but. Um, hopefully, hopefully they find a way to lock Christian Wilkins up long-term because, again, you mentioned it it was a small sample size, but that preseason week three game uh, last week against the Jags, they just, you know, pounded that thing right down our throat. And with Christian Wilkins out there, Zach Steeler, those are two of the better interior defensive lines in all of football. So, um, yeah, man, testament to who Christian Wilkins is. Hopefully we do something there, right? They got to bring someone in, but, again, we'll talk about that tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and it's just so important to keep in mind the Dolphins are trying, right? Top five defensive tackle money, even if it was in top 10, top seven, something in that range, I'd be like, okay, I, I get it, right? They're, they're trying. So, so that's so important to keep in mind, too, that this is a situation the Dolphins did plan for. But at the end of the day, you just kind of wish they uh, chased Christian Wilkins to sign that extension a little sooner than um, we all would have hoped. Josh, to wrap up here, I just got to thinking, and this is, might sound a little weird. You know, you think about Christian Wilkins getting all jazzed up for um, Zach Steeler getting his contract, and both of them were were shooting for contracts. Is that not exactly what happened with Durham Smythe and Mike Kosicki? Durham Smythe gets the contract extension, Mike Kosicki goes out and says how awesome he is. And, and with that in mind, man, is that foreshadowing?
2: I think you just did it. Yep, you're seeing into the future Donnie Darko style. You're watching those orbs, and you see Frank the Rabbit. You got this all figured out. Dude, Um, you brought up Mike Sick and Durham Smythe, and I know we we're getting ready to wrap up this pod, but I want to get your thoughts on Elijah Higgins. We're talking about the tight end, right? I mean, he was a guy who can still stick on the practice squad, a guy that was transitioning from wide receiver to tight end, so we knew it would be a little bit of a learning curve, but the fact that he was one of the Dolphins draft picks, along with Ryan Hayes, right? Both guys uh, were cut. So do you have any thoughts on um, either of those two? Um, and then I got one more guy on the defensive side that I'm interested in your thoughts on.
1: It's just so hard when you're building a roster that wants to compete now, right? When you have Elijah Higgins or Ryan Hayes on the field, it is incredibly re- uh, irresponsible to expect no, no type of mistakes, no false starts, nothing like that. When you're competing to make the playoffs in the Super Bowl, you you want as little bit of risk, a little bit of, of as little unknown as possible. And Ryan Hayes, Elijah Higgins, I still think there's a pathway for both of them. I, I think they're walks for the practice squad, but I completely understand it. Eric Saubert's another name that we kind of started talking about that might get cut. He was cut. That tight end position, man. Just the thinking about the volume the Dolphins have with Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill. Considering the fact that Alec Ingold can serve as a tight end, I really, I still think two tight ends is how this roster is gonna wind up. I think it could be Croft, Smythe, and, and call it a day once, once everything settles a little bit.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: Yeah, and it sounds like Julian Hill was officially on the Dolphins' 53-man roster. They just released it now, so I was kind of trying to skim over and see if there was anybody that really stood out there. But Julian Hill, who had his solid preseason. Chris Brooks is another guy that, um, with Brandon Peely, some of those acorns that all made the 53-man roster. So a hat tip to them. I mean, obviously there's a lot of churning that goes on right with these final roster spots. But um, as of now, three acorns on the 53-man roster and kind of intrigued to see what they can do.
1: And it's important to keep in mind, too, this is a team, a franchise that entered free agency with more than half the roster um, as free agents, right? They had to do a lot of rebuilding, and this is something that happens when you start trading away draft picks. You sign these big contracts. That middle class just starts to get gashed so, so much. So this is a situation where it makes sense. You do kind of see how that happened.
2: Yeah, Tyler Croft was cut. I'm not sure if we um, knew that. Yeah, uh, as well as Justin Bethel. Um, looking over the sledge, Cedric Obwehi, I got it right, right there, right. That was Cash. perfect. Tanner Connor was gone. Do we know Tanner Connor was gone? Because is it gone. just two
1: tight ends? Did I call that?
2: Um, Eric Saubert. Yeah, he was cut. So who do they have? Julian Hill, um, Durham, Durham- Smythe. Is that it? That that might be it. Julian Hill. Julian Hill. Right. Julian Hill. Jul- Jul. Yeah. So, so we got three, right? Or is that the Julian- second one? That was only the second one. Oh, yeah, you're you right. You
1: counted Julian Hill twice.
2: I did, yeah. he. That's how good he is. I counted count him twice. And you know who else? Varone McKinley third. he got uh, cut. He's a safety, you know, undrafted acorn safety guy who we thought could bring some depth there. They might bring him back, you know, per reports. But, yeah, man, it, it looks like, at least for now, it's Durb Smythe and Julian Hill.
1: Dude, look at that. That's the one thing I think I'm noticing this year more than most. I don't know if it's because we're just going back and we're doing a lot more shows. So I'm going back and looking at my notes more, but man, like Robbie chosen two tight ends who needs to be in Florida. I'm up here in Massachusetts and figuring out what these guys like and what they don't like. How about them
2: apples? Yeah, man, you're, you're in their back pocket. Two other moves that were made. They uh, waved had an injury settlement with wide receiver Daywood Davis. Davis. Um, thank God he, he you know, was so much better after that collision he took and then placed cornerback Nick Needham on the reserve. Physically unable to perform list and uh, place defensive back Keon Cross and Eric Saubert on injury reserve. So they have Eric Saubert on injury reserve, but yeah, that doesn't really count.
1: Uh, um, How long, how long does that mean? Needham Nick Needham can be out for. Does, would, that, would that
2: be four weeks? It didn't say that was the official Uh, Miami oh, Dolphins. Man. This, this all went down as you were sitting here, we were getting ready to wrap up and I was like, I should scroll Twitter and there it was, man. 53 man roster is official as of now. Were there any other moves that stuck out to you, Jake? I mean, i kind of wish we were on here and we were all reacting to jonathan taylor but um it's just another day and i feel like the miami dolphins can still go out there and whoop some ass what do you think
1: oh man i completely agree and that's the thing like we were so excited about this team before uh you know preseason training camp and it's important to keep in mind like you're gonna have those ups and downs those doubts but just ride with it right don't don't panic too much about anything like that you got you just got to keep swimming along um Nothing really concerning, uh, you know, no kicker, punter battles, anything like that. Uh, Do you think they're out of Jonathan Taylor for good? Do you think once we are at the end of September, those those, uh, rumblings will start? I I know the Dolphins are going to be the mystery team. The next time this comes around and there's another front suitor, whoever struggles that first month of the season, needs the running back. The Dolphins are going to be labeled the mystery team in the entire thing, and I'm promising you that right now. But do you think that they'll be in the mix come October, or do you feel like this was it for the Dolphins? They have, their, have Raheem, have Jeff Wilson. It's a good group to move forward with.
2: I think they'll still continue to monitor this thing. And, you know, to, for the Colts, you should take that thing up to the trade deadline, right? But I think, yeah, you should have maximized what you could get at this point. I mean, the closer you get to that trade deadline, the more desperate the Colts might get to get anything out of it um so yeah i think the dolphins will continue to moderate he's on the physically unable to perform list for what the first four weeks so he's not even able to play then so uh what week eight week nines when the trade deadline is i mean at that point you should know if Mostert's going to hold up most likely you know jeff wilson is chris brooks able to go out there and do this stuff against you know first team and second string defenders i mean at that point then you need to know if you jonathan taylor is that you know next step that next level that you could take because um you know it's going to be a long long season so hopefully you know I'm sitting here talking about week eight, I'm like, dude, I just hope this thing doesn't just go south. And I'm starting to become that negative dolphin fan, seeing seeing the whole season crumble under my fingertips. Go to London just to lose to Urban Meyer and the
1: Jags. Oh, I said that. Uh, that, is,
2: that was his only win, right? Wasn't that Urban Meyer's like, only, only win? win?
1: Dude, I've never been lower in my entire life. I want one in 15 instead of that point. And that was so so bad. All right, that's it. This was supposed to be a fun show. Um, no, Jonathan Taylor. So it went all downhill from there. Not yet. Um, not yet. Not yet. No, Jonathan Taylor yet. Thank you all so much for joining us for this emergency pod. We'll be back tomorrow with Mayor to go over some more notes from training camp, but we thought it was important to come on here and just kind of talk about the news of the hour. So Joshua, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for everyone listening. And until next time. Good as